And that was the moment of, that was probably the most empowering moment I've ever had, but then I went and did it. And so that's what I would say is for those of you who are not in a happy place, know that it can change, know that you can have control to change that. And it takes a plan. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life, where we explore ways to achieve those two goals. And we have a really cool guest on for you today, Midori Verity. And her, her last name, of course, means truth. And so we're going to be hearing the truth of her life and her cool journey. She's the CEO of Fuel to Fire Entrepreneurial Accountability Groups. The focus of the group is helping members achieve massive goals using the entrepreneurial success triangle, which I hope she's going to share with us today. So whether she's consulting with startups to fortune 500 Silicon Valley giants, Midori's unique approach unlocks the full potential in the entrepreneurs sheep coaches. Hello. Hello <laughs> Midori, thank Christine. you so much for being with us today. <laughs> yes. I'm so delighted to be here and chat with you, chat with the audience. Awesome. I'm, yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So fuel to fire. Tell me how that got started. Was this like a thing, an a dream you always had? How, how did you kind of launch this and dive into it? <laughs> no, I never even thought of this until about, <laughs> about 15 months ago. So I, I just going back a little bit, cause it's kind of a interesting journey. And as people are, are going through life, right, we're all on a journey. And so yeah. I think it fits with this. Um, I, our first business started almost 30 years ago and, um, that's when I graduated college and there were no jobs. We were in a recession. So it's like, what, what should we do? Let's start a company and see what happens. And so <laughs> anyway, we did that. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Um, got out our credit cards, max them out and look from there. Um, but anyway, so it went, that, that company grew fairly fast. Um, and I, hated it. <laughs> I, mean, I hated it down to my core. And I stayed with that, that business for about 15 years. And then long story short, I had to get out. I found a way, um, plugged in the right people and created huge systems and moved on. And then started a number of businesses after that. I have a few different businesses, but then the pandemic hit. And that changed everything. Our number one company that was bringing in the most money all of a sudden went from projecting its best year ever to going to the point where, oh my gosh, we may need to file for bankruptcy. Uh-huh. And so at that point, luckily, you know, when you're an entrepreneur for as long as, as I have been, or, you know, even shorter, you go through a lot of bumps <laughs> and bruises, right? You, you have to learn to kind of go with the flow and look for opportunity and adjust. Otherwise you're not going to survive. Absolutely. So anyway, when that happened, I thought, okay, now what, now, what are the opportunities out there? But this time I want to make sure it's in full alignment with me. I want it to be something that makes my heart sing. I want it to be something that I'm excited about every single day, but also I've learned it has to be in alignment with what you're good at. If you stink yes. at it, don't do it. And yeah. so I call that your zone of genius. And <laughs> that's exactly what happened is I really thought about it. And I thought, who do I love to serve? What can I do to help people right now who are struggling with yeah. this pandemic? And 
um, that's, that's where Fuel the Fire came to be. It was, I love working with entrepreneurs. It's, it's really the only thing that I'm super good at. Um, I'm not good at much else. That's kind of my only big hobby. And so that's, that's my zone of genius. And, um, and I understand business really well. And the other thing that I've noticed about those who are highly successful is that they are really good at creating goals and then creating the roadmap to get there. So they're keeping it very focused and simplified. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate. So that's the other thing that, that I created in Fuel the Fire, along with the accountability to keep you focused and keep you moving forward. So that's kind of what this is now. This is the life that I'm living that I've created Fantastic. very intentionally. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I help other entrepreneurs do now. Interesting. Yeah, it's very you know, I'm thinking about my own entrepreneurial journey. The first thing I really did was I started um, an import company because I very innocently, and this may be part of how you ended up in your first company. I, I thought, yeah, traveling and shopping, that's it, right? I'm in, right? I didn't think about the delivery piece and the, you know, like all the other little components. And I also didn't think I, I started importing and I, ended up in the same countries all the time. I'm like, well, this is crappy. I don't, I want to travel the world. But of course, then you can't have consistent products. I'm like, oh, I didn't think this through very well, right? Your first company is going to be like that, right? If right. you got to learn along the way. That's why you got to get that one over with. Yeah. <laughs> Just launch. And then you can say, oh, right. These are all the things I did wrong. <clears throat> so, but I love that, Christine. I think, I think that's a huge part of it is just launch. Just, just launch, launch and you're going to figure it out. You burn exactly. that bridge behind you and then you just adapt and then go from there. Right. And that's what I've seen. The, those who are the most successful, that's just kind of their approach. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be clean, but at least they're getting launched. Exactly. And it's, it's so important. And I love the way you said, well, you know, it was a recession and we didn't know what to do. So we said, let's go start a company. I mean, that's just the perfect entrepreneurial, right. Conversation, which any other human who's not entrepreneurial would be going, are you insane? You should be looking for security. You should be looking for, right? Like, where's a place I can never get fired from? You know, like, no, are you just like, Hey, this is, Hey, I've got an idea. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you can't fire yourself. <laughs> Right. Exactly. So I feel like for me, I felt entrepreneurship is where I do have the most control. Interesting. Versus being working for, I mean, it's been 30 years. So right. it's been a while since some I've practice. worked for someone. Yeah, I got some practice. <laughs> but I really feel that I hold the reins. And if I'm not figuring something out, I know that I need, probably need a who for my what. Yes. And so it, it works for me. But that's a fantastic outlook. I mean, I know we're kind of a little bit deviating probably from what we were going to talk about, but I, so many people who I know have an entrepreneurial dream and it's that idea, this false sense of security that keeps them with their nine to five W2 type of job, right? They just think, oh, if I, once I become an entrepreneur, it's just like, you know, I've lost all my structure and I've lost all my, right. No one's telling me what to do and no one's paying me, right. No one is paying me. <laughs> I, I have to pay myself. Where's that going to come from? Right. There's all this fear and anxiety that people experience when they are sitting at their desk at their job that they hate thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and, you know, launching their dream. I mean, is that part of what you are helping your clients to deal with? Or are they kind of beyond that at that point? Yeah, I have different levels of clients. I have those who have been in business for a little bit. I generally don't work with those who are just starting up. 
Yeah. Um, and then I have those who have sold five businesses. So it really kind of runs the gamut. We're an accountability group. And so depending on where you are in your business, you go in with, with those who are similar stages of business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as working with, or, you know, just from working with so many entrepreneurs over all these years, when it comes to those who are just wanting to start up, what I tell them is work on your mindset first. Yes. You've got to get that solid before you do anything else. And then if you do, if you are, if you don't have the financial structure just to be able to, or financial um, cushion, just to be able to go and you have a family and you have a home, you have things that you need to be worried about, be smart and, and do a side hustle first, test your idea before you launch it and get surrounded by those who can help you. Don't just go on your own and think I'm going to, I'm going to save money by doing this on my own worst decision you could possibly make go to the SBA, go somewhere where you can get those who have been there, done that and know a lot more about, about business than you do. Uh, but that's, that's where I usually have people start is it's the mindset that yes, I absolutely can do this. And yes, I do want to create a life that is fulfilling and that I love and life is way too short to stay stuck in this job or in yeah. this career that is making me miserable. Yeah, absolutely. So it took, but you said, did you realize right away in your first endeavor that you weren't were going to hate it all the way to the core of your being? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, are you I mean, kidding? How long I did loved that it. kind of take? <laughs> yeah, it took, oh no. In the beginning, it was so exciting when I got, the, I remember the first client I booked, I went, my husband and I started this together. I remember he was still in bed. I answered the phone. We got a booking and I went and jumped on the bed and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I remember him saying to me, you're going to get a lot more. And and thinking, really? Are you kidding? <laughs> this is awesome. And so anyway, he was right. But no, it was about uh, 10 years in where I started to feel, wow, I'm really out of alignment with, with what I wanted in my life. This is not, this is not it. We were so busy. I was spread so thin by then after 10 years, I had two kids. Yeah. We had other investments. Um, we were working for the dollar yeah. and it was no longer fun yeah. anymore. It was extremely stressful. Um, and so that, that was a journey. So no, in the beginning, I loved it. Are you kidding? It's exciting. It was fulfilling. Yeah. It was you know, it was endorphins running through my body. And then it became work yeah. and stress <laughs> and anxiety. And so it was time to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now, I guess, again, I, I know we're going to talk about your field of expertise, but I really want to talk a little bit more about your journey because as a person is sort of sitting down and saying, okay, I want to do that. I want to create a, a business that I'm going to love. That's going to fuel me. That's going to, how did you go about that process? You know, when you got ready to start your, this business, the fuel to fire? Yeah. Okay. So I'll share this, this really simple process that I, I teach to a lot of um, entrepreneurs, Excellent. regardless of what state you're at, it doesn't matter. It can even just be for your life. And it's called the personal mission statement. Um, so it's different than a business statement but it has three components. So for those listening, get out a pen and paper and I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. So the first one is what are your core values? Figure that out. Number two, what are your motivators? What drives you? What gets you excited? What will make you want to jump out of bed every single day? 
Number three, what's your zone of genius? We talked about this a second ago. So your zone of genius is what are you naturally really good at? You know, maybe you've been in tech for a while, so you understand that. That's a huge component. You know, you and I were practicing before this. <laughs> Our own um, tech so, challenges. Right. But we mastered yeah, them. <laughs> we did. We did. So we knew it was going to be a win. Um, so, you know, maybe it's tech, maybe it's writing, maybe it's uh, networking, maybe you are super good at sales, whatever it is, but what you love to do as well. So those three components, once again, core values, your motivators, your drives, and then number three, what do you do? darn good at that you love to do. So when you can get those three things together and then you put it into a statement, your personal mission statement. So mine reads something like, um, I, my journey in life is designed to help people along the way to rise up, to create their own fulfilling business and life. And I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy the journey, something like that, because yeah. I need to have fun. I intrinsically, it's just in my DNA. Yeah. I have to have fun. You can tell and... you're a fun, happy person. I can tell that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have to make sure I'm in alignment with that. But I also love helping others. When I get to see a business go from struggling to thriving, there's nothing that lights me up more. And so that's the way that I've created my, my business and my life. So imagine that impact. If you're always using this personal mission statement to make your biggest decisions in life and in business, you're going to end up somewhere pretty darn good. Yeah. So that's, that's my framework that I use. Beautiful. And do you find that you have to help people sometimes to discover what they're good at? Because everybody tends to, th- I, I think many people think that everybody else has all their talents plus their own, right? I think you think, oh, isn't everybody a great communicator? Isn't everybody, right? Do you have, do you have help to help your clients sometimes to recognize that they are actually really amazing in this one particular area? Yeah. I have a, um, a client who's a professor. And when she came to me, I remember her saying, Midori, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a professor. Like, well, you have a business and you know, I think it's pretty good. But what we did, because she was seeing it as two separate things. She was seeing being an entrepreneur as one thing. And then she was seeing being a professor as something else. I'm like, no, you're looking at it wrong. We need to take this amazing education that you have. You have a PhD behind your name and we need to incorporate it into your business so that this becomes one of your huge aspects of how you grow your business. And so that's, you know, we're kind of talking about blind spots is what, yeah. what you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. And yeah. so we now, now she goes by Dr. Lene because she is a PhD. She's so smart and her business is going like this. She has been able to get out of her, she was a full-time professor at a very high prestigious university within five months. She was making more than she was as a full-time professor within six months, she had been able to cut down to only teaching eight units. And now she is within eight months, she hit her goal, her, her financial goal that she wanted for a year out. Does that make sense? I don't know if I said that very eloquently, yep. but no, yeah, I, so, I think we get it. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, we, we found out, so she was able to take something that she knew really, really well how to be a professor, how to teach, how to use her education. And we incorporated it into her business. And that was kind of her fuel right there, right? That ignited her. And we went from there. So that's, that was a great question, Christine, because 
often we're so, so stuck in our world, we can't see the forest through the trees. And she was right. surrounded by other professors who exactly. were equally as intelligent as she was, just she didn't see that value. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. So. And not just the value, but the perceived value. I mean, everybody, people think, oh, doctor, wow, you know, she must know something, you know, so yes. Yes. Yeah, doesn't know how the, the rest of the world views that, you know, <laughs> the PhD status. Yeah, exactly. And you do need that. I mean, you feel, do you feel that's part of, I, I'm sure what you're bringing to the table is you're looking at this person from a much clearer, you know, much clearer landscape and you can see very, very clearly. Right. I mean, do you, do you, I'm putting words in your mouth. Why don't I let you talk? <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, but you're right. You're exactly right. From, from working with, from owning my own businesses and then working with so many entrepreneurs or knowing so many other entrepreneurs, yeah. it's easy for me to talk with someone and say, oh, wait, stop. There it is right there. We are going to take that and we are going to accelerate that part of you yeah. because it's such value for what you've told me you're interested in doing. Yeah. So it, it's just from, from doing it for so many years, yeah. it just becomes kind of an innate skill, I guess, um, to help people find their genius easier. Well, I would go as far as to say that it's something that maybe you don't realize it is a, something that you have that's a, right. I mean, what you're doing for others, I would say to you, this is not everybody, no matter how many entrepreneurs they might work with would be as good as you are about recognizing what's important and recognizing what, what's really going to be the driving force and the, and the fuel. I mean, I don't want to keep using that word, but, but it's true, right? There's going to be the gasoline that you're going to pour onto their business to say, oh, wow, boom. Okay. This is going to be, this is what you need to focus on and highlight and, you know, bring to the forefront. Yeah. And so what I would invite those who are listening to do if they don't have someone who's helping them go through this is to just start writing out all the things that you've done over the years, all the skills that it included and really pay attention to what lines up with what you want to do and start thinking about that. Talk to other people, ask them, ask your best friends, ask people who know you really well. Hey, when you think, when you talk to me, what would you say comes to mind about what I'm good at? And you will probably be surprised by their perceived ideas about you. Yeah. So absolutely. that's just one idea. No, that's a fantastic idea. Cause there are going to be things that you take for granted about yourself that someone else is going to say, Oh, wow. But you're so great at that. You're like, hmm, it's not funny. Isn't everybody great at that? Like, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So Midori, how does it work when someone first starts to work with you when they first, first of all, how do people normally find you? Yeah. So they can always go to my website, which is fuelthefire.co, but they find me on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm super active on LinkedIn. Is that often um, how people are first introduced to you? That, um, a lot of it is referral people who've worked with me and they want to, you know, they, they've had value and someone's seen it in them yeah. and then they ask. So that's really how we've gotten to where we are. Excellent. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> That's kind of how, um, but yeah, so that's, well, so when, when someone first comes to you, you know, they say, oh, Midori, you know, I, I'm just in a mess here. I don't know what's going on. I, my, my business isn't really taking off the way I thought it would, or I'm not enjoying it the way I thought I would. And then what, like, what are the, some of the first steps that, that happen? Yeah. So we will, the first thing, if I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a client, we work on their personal mission statement because it's the foundation. 
Again, I don't care if you're just starting. I don't care if you make a billion dollars a year. How many very successful people do we know who aren't happy? And it's because they're not in alignment with their personal mission statement. It's so simple and it's so critical to building a life and a business that you love. When you start a business, you're doing it for a reason. You're, you're trying to create something that's better, right? Um, I would hope so. And so we start there and then we start looking at, you know, depending on what stage they're at, what are your problems? Let's, let's dive into those. Let's figure out what is the core issue there and how can we solve them quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, and then we do something called the summit goal mapping framework. This is something for everybody as well. And this is really <laughs> cool. So think of it as a mountain, right? I, I came up with this idea when my husband and I were hiking and we got to this point in the mountain where it was, I felt like it was vertical and it went on forever. And I looked at it and I'm like, holy cow, that's overwhelming. And so I came up with this whole structure. So at the very top, that's where it's beautiful. That's your summit, right? You want to get there because then you're like, wow, I did it. This is beautiful. It was worth the effort, right? You know where you want to go. But then you break it down. So those are your big fat goals, your exciting, stretchy, kick-ass goals. Then you come down and you have what I call your approach goals. Those are your 90-day quarterly goals. So break it down. Don't make it so overwhelming. Only focus at that moment on your approach goals. Yeah. And then underneath each approach goal, you have your action steps. What do you need to do to make them happen? I know so many people who come up with these goals and all they do is do research, 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 <laughs> and they don't take action. So that's, that's what we do with our members is yeah. we create these approach goals and their action steps. We create this whole mountain of um, how are you going to do this? right? And then you go after you're done with those 90 days, then you go to the next one. And so instead of it seeming so overwhelming, it's very focused. It is bite size. So it's not so scary. And then you start building confidence and you start getting wins and then you can take bigger steps. And then you start learning from the things that you've already done. And all of a sudden you have this beautiful business that you created and it wasn't so scary. But it's so key that it starts with the personal mission statement because, you know, you ask people their goals. Oh, I want to have $5 million. Well, why? Okay. Right. What does exactly. that mean to you? Well, and how, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I just don't find that very motivating, right? Because it's not, it's so abstract, right? You, yeah. It's never about really, the money. Right. If, if, if you think about it, it is never about the money. It's what is the money going to do for you? What value is it bringing to your life? It's never about the money. However... However, (laughs) with a business, you do need to, I I strongly believe that you need to have a financial goal so that you know, if you're going in the right direction, if you're, if you're, if you're hitting it, I did have a client a while ago. Who's like, no, Midori, I'm more about, you know, I just want to get out and help people. I financial goals. Don't do anything for me. I don't get it. And she's still struggling. You know, I couldn't get her to come up with these, these goals that she was going to hit. So, you know, when you come up with your summit goals, I usually recommend two things. Keep it really simple. Don't have one to two to three, no more than three big summit goals. And it's best if you have one business goal and then one personal goal at the same time. Perfect. Yeah. Um, And do it in 12 months and then you can change it after you, once you hit that. Um, But the financial goal is nice to have just to help know if you're getting there or not. Yeah. And I think that will also, it helps people tackle this. I guess I almost want to call it an aversion to having money 
Do you, do you find that like this aversion? Now, I don't, maybe that's a little too strong of a word, but this idea that, oh, I don't need money. I'm just, I'm beyond all that. But it's like, okay, great. Then give it away. Right. But you, first you need to, you know, first you need to have it and then you can decide how to disperse it, but let's but, get it first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that, that whole thing that like, oh, money's not important. And like, okay. You know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't mean you have to be like worshiping at the altar of money, but you do have to have, do you have to know, am I making, am I, am I, am I getting better? Is, do I have more money? Do, you know, are we making more money than we did last month or right? There has to be yeah, some. It's, it's part of business. It's part of, yeah. One of the foundational exactly. parts of business, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. And when I hear people talk like that, unless they've already made a lot yeah. and then there's other questions to ask, right. but if they're just starting up, I wonder about scarcity mindset. Yes. Exactly. What's really going on in your mind? Is it that if you admit that, that you want financial success or financial freedom, what is that meaning to you? And the reason why I, I always think of that is my dad was a teacher. He was a high school teacher and he was raised during the depression. And so he talks a lot about money's evil. He still does. Every time I talk to him, he's like, oh, those rich people, it's all their fault. And it's like, Dad, no, that's not it. There's a right. lot of very successful, wealthy people that are doing wonderful things with their money and they're changing the world. Right. So it's, it's a matter of what, what do you plan to do with that money? Right. You know, for me, I love one of my core values has always been helping at risk children. And so that's now what I'm able to do. And that right. fills me up. It's not about it's about me. Quite right. frankly, it's that that fills me up, but it, luckily it's a, it's a positive that I'm able to give back. Right. Um, so when it comes to money, I invite everyone, if they're having some kind of funny thing that they're saying, and they're not getting to where they want to go to really examine, what is it about that money? What is it? What are you saying in your head about financial success, about actually money and maybe there needs to be a deeper, a new story that's rewritten about your concept of money. Exactly. Exactly. And that, you know, having these 90 day goals is also so, so great. Cause like you say, I, I think it's Brian Tracy who says, you know, how do you build self-confidence? You, you make a goal and you achieve it. You make a goal and you achieve it. And that's what you're allowing people to do is to say, get those wins. And without even realizing it, it creeps up on them that their self-confidence is going up and they might not yeah. even realize it. <laughs> and Brian Tracy also says you need to take massive action. <laughs> and so um, but yeah, that's exactly it. As you take those steps and you, and you get a little bit, you know, to be a little stretchy is okay. Right. But then once you overcome that thing that was stretchy to you, once you hit that, it's like, whoa, I did that. That's amazing. Right. And then that's when your confidence starts to grow and those limiting beliefs that you may have had start to decrease. There's a lot of other things you can do to, to change those limiting beliefs and reprogram your mindset but they start to go down because you're seeing the wins and you're able to put those in your pocket. Exactly. Well, the other thing that you're, that the goals that you're having people write allows them to do is to see that they're making progress, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people, you know, you might be evolving, you might be accomplishing things, but if you're not keeping track of them, you might not have that opportunity to raise your self-confidence because you're not even aware that, of the things that you're, that you're accomplishing, the things that you're doing, right? Now you say, look, I too could check this off my list, but if you don't have a list, you just like, oh, I don't know what I did today. I just, you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the biggest things what you just hit on is for entrepreneurs is being busy. 
They're busy. They're getting all kinds of, th- you know, they're doing all kinds of things. They're putting out all kinds of fires. They're wearing so many hats, yeah. but they're not getting anywhere. It's like the hamster on the treadmill. Right. And that's a good way to not succeed and not exactly. excel and not hit your goals. So that's the critical component of a business is to have your goals written out. And then what needs to happen to get you there and to constantly stay focused and revisit those goals and make sure that you're staying on that path. Otherwise it's going to be a long, expensive journey. (laughs) But I feel like people, entrepreneurs need someone like you because like a lot of entrepreneurs are like idea people. I got this great idea. I got this great idea. Right. By the time you get out of the shower, you've got a dozen ideas and like what, what's ever going to get implemented? You know, I've got a great list of ideas, a million dollar ideas, you know, but but you need someone to hold you accountable. So let, let's talk about your accountability group. How does that all work for, for your clients? Yeah. So it's really, really simple. Cause I live by that motto. Keep it the kiss model, <laughs> the kiss right? Model, Keep yeah. it super simple. Um, yeah. And so how it works is we help you set up your summit goals, right? So it's really clear. It's concise. It makes sense. Yeah. And then you are in a group of, we call them pods of four to six other similar level entrepreneurs and each pod has an accountability coach who's trained. So they keep you focused. This is not a Facebook group. This is something that's very structured. (laughs) Just a bunch of people who are in the same boat, you know, commiserating with each other why they didn't meet their goals. Right. right? And then one person who, (laughs) who takes over the entire call, right? So it's very, very structured because I believe in focusing and hitting goals. That is what my mission is as a Fuel the Fire founder. Because yeah. I want to see people succeed. So you meet once a week, it's 60 minutes, it's very structured. You say what your promises are, you revisit what your goal, it, your big primary goal is for that quarter. So your approach goal, what yeah. is it you say at every single meeting? <laughs> and then you make your promises. And then at the next meeting, you talk about what you accomplished, what you didn't, what challenges you had, um, what help you might need. And so your group becomes kind of a mastermind for you. So they're there to support you. They're there for you to be honest and sincere. The reason why we keep them small is so you can be authentic and talk about the real crap that is going on because I don't care where you are in business. There's stuff that's going on. If you have a gazillion dollar business, you're probably having some issues with growth or with um, the person who's working underneath you or challenges in being sued or, you know, like there's so many different things. And, and so that's, that's why we keep it really tight. And that's the culture of feel the fire where you can show up and you can talk about, Oh my gosh, my kids are driving me crazy. They're home for summer. I can't get a damn thing done. And I'm so stressed out. This was my, that was my life. I'm talking from my own experience from my kids were growing up. Um, but you know, we're, it's, it's, we're being an entrepreneur can be really lonely. Yeah. And it can be very stressful, but when you have a group that's supporting you and saying, Hey, we get it. It's okay. It's okay. Here's, here's an idea or, or here's someone who might be able to help you. It becomes more enjoyable yeah. and you're going to hit your goals a lot quicker. So that's really how simple it is. Yeah. Fantastic. And I'm sure how, how long do you think your typical client is before they start to really feel like this, the momentum and the excitement of working in this group with you? Is it pretty much like right out of the gate or do people have a little bit of a, you know, acclimation period? (laughs) Yes. So no, and I'll give you an honest, I'd love to say, yes, they come in and they are just off the next day. Totally. They're hit their goals immediately. (laughs) What we have seen is six months. 
So those who come in, they kind of get acclimated to the system. They start to understand how to do their goal setting framework. Um, They get comfortable being honest and open and really sharing what's going on. Six months is when we start. So so we kind of see them going up slowly, slowly, and then it hits six months and then they really start to excel. It's super interesting. So, you know, with, with the example of my client, um, the professor, she was, she was going up. But now, you know, she just got her first $45,000 corporate client. That was a big win. Yeah. Um, I have another client who she does triathlon. She's a, she hosts triathlons. She's, she's amazing. She cool. has been in since the beginning. Um, so she's been in for 15 months and now, so she set her, her summit goals for the year back in January, yeah. she already has hit them all. But it wasn't like that in the beginning. It took yeah. a while, right? But yeah. now she's excelling. So that's what I mean. It's kind of compounds, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I have another client who came in. This is now her second quarter with us. And she has a high level of ADHD. So she's all over the place. When you talk about these visionaries, right? I think most of us visionaries, which is a typical entrepreneur, we're all over the place. We're like, oh, but this is a great idea. Or maybe, (laughs) you know, now this marketing idea is better than that one. So now I'm going to go here and there, right? Um, And so now she's starting to, I real, I've sat down with her. She's, she has worked with me one-on-one to really zone in on her summit goals. And now I can see her because I listen to the way she talks every meeting. Um, and she's staying very focused. And so yeah. I know she's about to, to take off um, because she, she can implement, but often she's implementing all over the place and that's yeah. been her challenge, but now she's staying focused. Yeah. So um, that, that's what I'd say is about six months is where you'll start seeing exponential growth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I can tell that that's what fuels you. I mean, I can see you getting all excited talking about seeing their development and the evolution and stuff and people is energizing for you. Oh, for sure. As much for, as there's nothing them. better. Yeah. There's yes. nothing better. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. So what kinds of things, um, are there sort of the same types of challenges that you see coming up over and over with your clients that they're all sort of, you know, dealing with like many people who come in are going to have the same sort of challenge. And yeah, it's interesting. It really, it, I feel like they have the same sort of challenges depending on their business development, where they are. Right. You know, the new, the people that are kind of probably under $500,000 a year are struggling with overwhelm. Maybe they feel stuck. Um, They're making their first hires. Yeah. Which is hard right now. It it is. It's very hard to find the right people. And you want to make sure you have the right person in the right seat. It's critical. Yeah. So one it's the labor market is a little bit hard, but there are ways to, um, for my, one of my companies, we have about 25 employees, not a huge company. Um, but we've really figured out how to find the right people and how to keep them. Yes. So yes. there are strategies for that, but talk to someone who knows, Yeah. don't just try to do it because having the wrong person can set you back quite a bit as a business owner, especially when you're making those first hires. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of the first ones when, when people get to a higher level, you know, 500,000, you're starting to think about scaling and, and new types of growth. So there's different right. issues. You need to be looking at your taxes and um, yeah. So, so it just kind of really depends on where they are in business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. And so it's great that you group people together because obviously they're going to be really being able to understand each other and, you know, 
have similar topics to you not sitting there going, oh, you know, I, I make $50,000. This person makes $500,000. I don't even know what they're talking about, right? Because it's just a completely different set of issues and a completely different, you know, Yeah, and the person point. who is at, you know, $500,000 is not going to be wanting to be with a newbie. It's not rewarding enough for them, right? We need to feed off of each other. Exactly. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much what I see. Yeah, definitely. That's excellent. Excellent. So has anything changed in your business since you've been doing it? I mean, is it pretty much what you envisioned when you sat down and said, this is exactly the kind of life I want? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, it's, it's better than I envisioned as far as how I feel like it's so rewarding. Yeah. Uh, but no, we've had to make all kinds of adjustments, all kinds, um, you know, from, we did throw spaghetti at the wall in the beginning. Like we don't know who's <laughs> going to come in necessarily. This is not what I recommend for new business owners. <laughs> um, but we, but we did this um, again, don't, don't use that example. Um, and, and now we're really seeing who is thriving, who's the right client for yeah. fuel the fire. Yeah. Um, we're developing a higher level the elite, we're calling it the elite, fuel the fire elite. That is for those who are 1 million and above. Um, and that's really because that's what fuels me. That's, that's like, I want to be around them. Although I love still helping these other entrepreneurs who are getting there, you know, they're, they're getting up there. Yeah. But you can't Um, always teach. You do have to be able to also feed yourself. Yeah, this is my business and I need to grow. Um, one big change that we did is having the accountability coach in each group that has been very, very instrumental in helping, um, and helping take the pressure off the entrepreneurs so they can focus on, on their business. And, um, so that's been highly valuable. So yeah, there's a number of changes and there'll be more. There'll yeah. be more. Oh yeah, of course. As you evolve. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's an excellent business model. You having people like get certified to be coaches and things like that. Yeah. Yes. Yep. They're as an account, they're not your business coach. They're your accountability coach. Right. Um, come to our group calls where we do more of the account, you know, where I will coach. We have other experts that come in to coach, um, and will answer whatever challenge you're coming up with. But in the meantime, you have someone who's helping you stay focused. And that's, that is the primary goal for, for most entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's a, that's is somewhat of a skill set. I was at a meeting once where they had this facilitator and she was the best facilitator I'd ever seen. She kept that meeting so on track and kept everybody felt heard and everything got dealt with. And there were no, you know, no little, you know, rabbit holes. It was just, she was so fantastic. It's, that's a real gift being able to, you know, really hold people accountable, have a real, just managing that meeting so that everybody is, you know, it doesn't turn into like a pity party. It doesn't turn into like a, right. I mean, you just have to really keep everybody right on track and everybody has to buy into that. And not every leader can make that happen is what I'm kind of feeling. Yeah. And, and you said it, you know, everyone wants to be heard right? And we don't want to, I've seen so many groups and I have a lot of women who come to fuel the fire. Actually, we have men too, um, who come to fuel the fire and like, yeah, I was in another group and it was a drain every week because that's what it became. It became a place to vent. And so one, the culture of fuel the fire, we have a big meeting before we start each quarter. And that is a reminder of this is a community where yes, you are to be authentic and real and share what's really going on. However, it is not a place to bring your negative energy. 
We are going to be supporting each other and lifting each other up when we need it. But it's, it's about positivity because those who are positive and have that positive mindset are more successful yes. and it's more fun when you are living in that environment. Exactly. Exactly. So Midori, I mean, I feel like our time is like gone by so fast, but what is it? Is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? Is there anything that like, you know, you, we, we maybe skirted the edges or something that you've just dying to talk about that I haven't, that I haven't touched on. I think mindset, I'm a huge person about mindset. When I left my business, the first business that we had, that I told you I hated down to my core and I wanted to vomit every <laughs> single day. It took a lot. I was young when we started the business. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I remember just kind of searching for answers and, and ways out. And I went to an event in Florida and I met this gentleman named Doug Bench. And he taught me this about this concept called neuroplasticity. And it's the idea that you're nodding your head. So you've heard of it. <laughs> it's this idea that we can constantly evolve and change and our brains can rewire. So if, if maybe you didn't see yourself as an athlete um, or someone who could, could become this fitness person, you can change your mindset and become that person. If, if, you know, let's go back to, to my, my professor client, she saw herself only as a professor. She didn't see herself as an entrepreneur. And now that has changed her neuroscience, her neuro brain waves have changed. When he told me about that, it lifted this huge weight huge weight. And all of a sudden I could hear the birds singing and <laughs> the stars coming out because I knew I had the control. It was up to me to change my life and to design one that I wanted. Right. And that was the moment of, that was probably the most empowering moment I've ever had, but then I went and did it. Yes. And so that's what I would say is for those of you who are not in a happy place, Know that it can change. Yeah. Know that you can have control to change that. And it takes a plan. Yeah. Have a plan because, you know, use the summit goal plan. Maybe it's just to get you out of your job, right? Whatever it is, use this summit goal framework. I'm going to give it to everybody at, by the end of this conversation. I'll show where to go. But use that because that, when you have that hope, when you can see it kind of mapped out for you, it becomes your blueprint, your roadmap. Yeah. Everything can change. Don't stay in a place that's unhappy. You make everyone else unhappy around you. No one wants <laughs> to be with you. Change it. You owe it to the world and your family and your friends. So, it, you know, it really isn't that hard. And once you start doing it, you get it. And then it becomes easier. So when you hear this, this energy in my voice and this happiness in my voice, it's because I freaking created it. Exactly. I got myself here and it's not brain science. It takes some brain science, but you don't need to know <laughs> the brain science. You just need to know the steps to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. That's fantastic because it's so true. Like people think, oh, I just not cut out for that. Or I don't have a gift for that or whatever. It's like, get over yourself. You know, if you want to rewire your brain in this way, if you want to start thinking of yourself this way and start viewing your life in a different way and be more positive and be more resourceful and innovative. You can do that. It's just a skill that you need to learn and to, you know, get your brain to wrap itself around this, this new concept, right? It's just a skill. And you just said it, whatever you believe is true. Exactly. So what are you believing? Is that what you want to believe or do you want to change it? Exactly. And you just rewire it and you reprogram and it's not that hard and your life can change really quickly Absolutely. once you get that. 
Absolutely. And it's so empowering, right? It's no longer that I just, oh, I just don't have the skill for that. I just wasn't born to be an entrepreneur. I wasn't born to be a millionaire, whatever, you know, it's like, you were just, you were born. So you got everything you need. (laughs) You were born. Yeah. I love that. You were born, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, what do you want to create? And, and I think another big turning point for me is when I realized I was pointing the finger, you know, I hated that business. And so I blamed it on my husband. It was his fault. Right. It was his fault for everything. Yep. And then I realized, wait a minute, I think I'm a huge part of this. <laughs> and I started taking responsibility and that finger got pointed back at me. And I'm like, okay, where do I fall in this equation and how can I change it? And that was, you know, that goes with the mindset, but that goes with, okay, that's a cool place to be. Cause now instead of me pointing the finger at everyone else and life happening to me, I'm taking the reins and I'm making life happen for me. And for those around me, and exactly. um, there's no one to blame but myself. But that that's also an empowerment because if, if you need everybody in the world to change, like, oh, you know, my parents and my husband and my this and that and the other thing and my work and my boss, and as long as it's someone else who needs to change, you have no power over them. But as soon as you realize it's you that needs to change, then all of a sudden, like the world opens up because, oh, I can make myself change. Oh, is that all it is, right? It's so hard to admit that it's all your fault. But once you do, you say, oh, well, okay, then if I got myself into this mess, then I can get myself out of it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And Christine, I think you, I, before this, we started, we talked about it a little bit. You were talking, you were, you're from Boston you, and I was listening to one of your podcasts and you said, you know what? No, I'm, I'm moving to somewhere else and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'll figure it out along the way. It might not be perfect. But you created that. And then you were telling me about what you have going on. And it sounds absolutely amazing to me. And I could also hear you talking about you understand visualization and manifestation. And you have that mindset and you are making it happen. And that's for anybody. It's for anyone in the world. You can do this. Just start taking those action steps to make it happen. Exactly. And I can tell you, I was not born this way. <laughs> You're from Boston. 100%. Yes. I was not born like this. I, I had to develop my mindset. I've been work. I work on it every single day. So yeah, and not. becomes a, a, a strong muscle. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I told you my dad is a Debbie, Debbie Downer. He thinks the world's <laughs> coming to the end. He says that to me at least once a week. And he believes that everyone with money is bad. And so I had to overcome that. Yeah, exactly. My dad thinks I'm bad. Well, that's no good. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Oh, man. So thank you so much, Midori. I really love talking with you. I love all the sunshine emanating from you, all the positive energy and the vibes and stuff like that. How can people reach out to you and, you know, potentially have you help them with their business, with their life, with their evolution? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that I was going to give the summit goal, a gift, a gift. goal framing. <laughs> yes. Hang so on, it's I a am. present. Midori's giving us a present. <laughs> it is. And so when we're talking about all these things that we've talked about, you know, starting your own business, changing your life, creating a, creating the roadmap to get you to where you want to go. This is a great tool for it. It's super simple, um, but it's highly effective. And so anyway, all they have to do is go to fuel to fire groups.com forward slash goals. And that's where you can get it. It's free. Um, Play around on it. Take your time. Enjoy it. Keep using it. Keep working at it. 
Um, but then also you can find me anywhere. I'm on LinkedIn is where I'm most active. Um, or you can just go to fuelthefire.co and um, you can email me from there if, if you have specific questions. Um, oh, that's I'm very generous. Thank open you. to helping. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all those links, of course, are going to be in the podcast notes where you can find everything, including all the cool things that Midori has shared with us today and all the best ways to get in touch with her. I know as you've been listening to us today that you're thinking that if it's not you who needs to hear her words, that someone that you know definitely needs to hear what Midori has sh shared today. So please forward the podcast to them, make their day, make their week, maybe even make their life. And um, be sure to be with us again next week. Midori, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure too. Thank you for having me. 